Hi, I'm Ronki Magic-Kadumi, and you're listening to Product Magic, a podcast dedicated to telling the stories of how product makers create product magic. There is no stereotypical way to become a product manager. Product managers come from every walk of life. They have they come from diverse backgrounds, diverse circumstances, lived experiences, and distinct viewpoints. To me, this is what makes the discipline of product management awesome and why I work in it. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the road to product manager with Diego. We'll discuss his incredible contribution to the, to the product community and his passion. I mean, I mean, but guys, when you listen to him, he has this incredible passion for shaping the next generation of product leaders and why teaching is so important. Why did you, and we're going to learn why teaching is so important to him. Hey guys, welcome to Product Magic. Diego, thank you for spending some time with us today. Can you tell our audience a little about yourself? Absolutely. On the contrary, thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, a little bit about myself. So I'm originally from Mexico. Mexico City is home for me. And I studied engineering because I always thought of you know, I could help others through technology. That was, to me, something super cool. But I actually never worked as an engineer. I ended up joining a consulting firm. I started to learn about customer, customer problems, and, and then working with a lot of engineers and designers to actually bring those those solutions to life. And at some point, about after about five years, I wanted to make a career switch. I wanted to go back to my engineering roots, and I wanted to go into the tech industry. But being in Mexico, I wasn't exactly sure how to do that. And that's when I started thinking about what's my next step that led me to an MBA. And I ended up moving to the U.S., study in North Carolina and Duke University. And the funny thing is that that's where I learned about product management. And I love to talk more about how I discovered it and how I was able to make the transition. But to me, that was the key moment when I said, you know, product management sounds really cool. And I think is the one thing for me. And I've been doing it for five years uh, going through Cisco, then Microsoft, and now at LinkedIn. Awesome. I love it. All right. So can you tell us, how did you actually get started in the product space? And also, I always like to ask this question of our guest, what did you wish you had known before you got into the product space? What is the misconception you think there's there? I think the biggest misconception, let me start there, is that a lot of people believe that product management is one of those roles where you have to focus a lot on your resume and make sure that you, you nail down the keywords. And as long as you have, you know, spread here and there things like roadmap and vision and working cross-functionally and, you know, dealing with ambiguity and all this kind of stuff, people think that that's what gets you in the job. And that's one of the things that I wish I knew way back when I was just starting to get my, my, my first role in product management. But in reality, to get to that point, you have to tell a story, and the story begins with answering one very simple question. Why do you want to be a product manager? And I call this the one question to rule them all, because what answering this question entails is you did your research, you talked to product managers, you read books, you watch videos, you, you listen to podcasts like this one, so that you understand what the day-to-day -day means. Then you're going to look at your own past story whether that is, you know, as a student or in a side gig or even at your job and think about what skills do you have? What skills do you bring? And identify two things. Either you have all the transferable skills needed or you need to build some skills to get into product management. And that's where you start discovering, oh, maybe I need to start some side project. Maybe I need to take on more responsibilities. Maybe I need to do some extra steps to get into the product manager role. The resume is one of those things that 
is just a collection of your stories. And you're going to fill them up, not with keywords and buzzwords, but with your accomplishments that will show why you want to be a product manager in the way of transferable skills. And what do I wish I knew before um, when I was just starting to get into product management? Well, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm trying to create all the material, everything that I wish I had before so that others like me who are just starting, who have no clue where to begin, have this friendly face who tells them, don't worry, I got you. Here's everything you need uh, to break into product management. So um, I love your story. And thank you so much for going over the misconception. Um, I tell, I teach a private school and I tell the students all the time that everybody, the people who come from product management come from all walks of life, right? And it's those stories, those skill sets, everything that you learn, that's what you mix your personal story. So make sure you weave, I always tell them to make sure they weave it into their, tell me about yourself when that part, when that question comes up in your interview, because that's what's going to make you unique from me. That's what's going to make you unique from other people is telling that story. So yeah, I, I by the way, I'm a huge fan of your YouTube, so we can, of your YouTube video, so we're going to talk about that. But first, can you tell our audience, okay, so you've been doing product manager for a while and you have your you're impacting the product community, which I love. You're giving back. What would you say to is for aspiring product managers is the most is the most difficult thing about being a product manager? The most difficult thing about being a product manager starts with the misconception that you need to be a software engineer or have a computer science background. And the reason I say that is because a lot of people are being afraid of jumping into technical discussions. Uh, and this is both for aspiring PMs who want to break into PM, but also for current PMs who may not have that, that computer science background and then going into these technical discussions. And I'm just mentioning one of them, but the reality is that this starts to expand into other things because if you're afraid of having these technical discussions, then how are you supposed to start leading the team without this authority that you have? And so that's about building relationships, building trust, and you can't build trust Unless you're willing to acknowledge, hey, I may not know about this, but I'm willing to learn. I want to understand what the other teams do, not just engineering, but design. And you know anybody else who is around you, who's a stakeholder in your product, building the relationships is hard because it's not just a coffee chat that you have one time. These are people who you're going to meet every day or most days, and you have to build that relationship. You can't be somebody as a product manager who goes into your own corner and does a job and then just, you know, pushes it back to the team. You have to be there. You have to be the face of the customer. You have to be the face of the team. You have to work with them. And let me get something very, very clear for the audience. This has absolutely nothing to do whether you are an extrovert or an introvert, because if a lot of people who are also introverts, they worry about, can I be a product manager? If one of the hardest things to your question, one of the hardest things is relationships with people. And the answer is absolutely yes. And I know a lot of fantastic introvert PMs who they may have their own techniques on how to overcome the, the daily things of, of you know, that introverts uh, experience when they have to deal with a lot of people. But this is more about building relationships. People are always the hardest part. Everything else, which framework do you use or, or which strategy to create your vision document, like none of that matters as much because you will adapt to what your company is doing or you will bring on your own flavor. But people, to me, people is the hardest thing of being a product manager. Thank you so much for mentioning that. I tell people, when people say to me, 
um, what is product manage? What is product manager mean for product management to you? Or what do you think is the most important thing you do in product manager as a product manager? I always say to them, it's a job of humans. It's, it's, it's a job of humans. You have your customers and you have your cross-functional team. You have your leadership and you need to tell these people to trust your judgment as a product manager that you got this and to follow your product vision. And it's about relationships. And so I have a lot of books about leadership that I, you know, I always tell my students about and, you know, mentees about that. It's not just the hard skills. It's about the relationship and how you lead. Uh, so can you talk a little about a little, about that a little bit more, if you don't mind, please, and how important that is that it's not just the hard skills. It's also that, you know, the leadership skills, which leads into that personal, the hum, you know, the human aspect and how if you don't have empathy for your colleagues and your cross-functional team, then how do you develop empathy for your customer, which is all the, which you really need that skill set to be a great PM? So let me start with um, talking about how, how do you how do you exercise your leadership? How do you able how, how are you able to influence uh, your team and then I'll talk a little bit about that developing the customer empathy uh, there is this fantastic TED talk uh, about how to how to influence the art of influencing without authority and they talk this this is a study that um, this guy named Ron Carucci uh, a consultant he did for over 10 years he analyzed more than 2500 executives and CEOs on how they were able to influence their organizations. And he found that there are four traits that are key to this. And the great news is that these leaders were not born with these four traits, but actually they developed them. And it's about, for example, having context. It's about understanding that as a leader, you have to learn about the world around you. It's not just a, a idea of you know, simply assuming that you know everything, especially as a product manager, you can't know everything. You you need to uh, be humble and understand that you are there to learn about others. The the second one, the second trait is about seeing the bigger picture or breadth is this idea of you need to understand that every individual matters. That is not the engineering team. It's the individuals within the engineering team, and you need to learn from them. You need to understand them. You need to build relationships with them. You can't favor one group versus another. That, that's a really bad idea. You have to understand how every part um, you know, plays uh, for, in, in terms of the, the whole product. The third one is choice. You need to put your foot down sometimes and say no. But it's not just about saying no. It's how you say it and why you say it and it's making a culture of Yes, but, or yes, and, and not simply saying no because I'm the PM. is yes, but here's all this evidence that tells us that we can't do that right now, helping them understand them. And the fourth one is connection. And I love this one because when I saw this TED Talk, I was like, yep, that's exactly what we do in product management. Connection is about literally building connections, literally understanding them, uh, understanding your team, making good relationships with them. Versus trying to simply say, oh, you know what, I'm going to talk with that person because um, I need something from them and then disappear and never come back until you need something again. It's about building that connection. And it's definitely a fantastic uh, thing to see from this study that these are four traits that anybody can develop. It's just a matter of being conscious that you actually need to work on them. You, you don't simply you know, be a master in those in, in one day. And that brings me to, to the customer empathy because... 
when we think about customers and you're not influencing customers to do something, you're actually receiving information from them all the time. But to build this empathy, you first need to put yourself in the shoes of the customer. And it sounds very obvious. It sounds like uh, you know the same thing people talk about. But putting yourself in the shoes of them is really forgetting or, or rather not attaching yourself to your product or to the solution. You need to understand that the customers have a problem and your job as a product manager is to solve the problem and your product or your feature could be completely wrong. And it's okay to admit it. It's okay to own the, the bad part about saying, you know, this is wrong. We, we did a wrong thing. And then, of course, there's other implications about that. Uh, but it's about understanding that the customer doesn't care if your product is, you know, blue or green or yellow, if it has 20 features or 50 features. If the customer is solving, if your product is solving the customer problem, you did a great job. And if it's not, you don't defend your product. You defend the customer's point of view and the customer's problem. And that's, to me, how you build empathy. When you let go of your feature and you start adopting more or getting closer more and more to your customer problem. I love that. So for me, I look at that as if I, under, if I have empathy for my customer and I can put myself in their space and understand not just the functional stuff they need, but the emotional stuff that they need, then I can begin to start to use my product intuition to almost figure out what they need before they've even told me what they need, right? Then I can be proactive and, and start to kind of think about product features and products that I can build to eventually solve all their problems. I love that. Thank you. I'm going to go check out the, uh, the, YouTube, I mean, the YouTube video. So thank you so much for that. All right. So the other reason I wanted to talk to you so much, <laughs> Diego, is the incredible stuff you do in the product community. Uh, I'm sure I'm not going to do justice to them all, so I'm going to let you list them all. So I'm familiar with your work. Uh, number one, for those listening, you need to follow Diego on LinkedIn. You need to follow Diego on Twitter. Uh, I will have all that information uh, uh, with this podcast when it does get published, uh, along with his website. Your YouTube videos literally walks aspiring product managers through how to answer behavior questions, how to answer strategy question, root cause analysis question, tell me about yourself question, why do you want to be a product manager question. If you do a, a variety of stuff. And I just know you from the YouTube videos because I listen to them and I'm just going, wow, this is so cool. So can you kind of talk through, number one, why did you? Why do you want to help aspiring product managers so much, number one, because you're doing an awesome job. Number two, the videos, I'm sure they must have taken time to do. <laughs> and you do them and they're free online. Can you talk through that? Like, what was the evolution of that? I'm trying to figure out if you had an aha moment. And then you just decided one day you were going to do this. That's what I'm also trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When I moved to the US in 2015, I was the only member of my family who moved here. My entire family is in Mexico. I didn't have any friends, any connections, anyone in the U.S. It, it was all on my own. It, it was fun because I, I came to study. So I was you know, surrounded by a bunch of other students from so many different places in the world, including the U.S. But I was still feeling alone. Uh, well, everybody was talking about, oh, I reach out to this company because a friend introduced me to somebody else. I was like, I have no idea where to start. 
I don't know what to do. I don't have any connections, any friends, nobody at companies that I was interested in, in, in just being part of them. So I had to build everything from scratch. And at the time in 2015, we also didn't have that many options to learn about product management. And what bothered me the most is that whatever resources were available, they will tell you things like, here's a question and here's an amazing answer. And then there was a, here's another question. Here's another amazing answer that doesn't look anything like answer number one. And I was like, I don't know how to build that answer. Like, I get it. It's awesome. I would hire this person, but I have no idea how to go from where I am today, which is I just learn about product management into here's what a great answer looks like that will get you an offer. Nobody was offering those things. And, and it bothered me a lot because I had to fail again and again and again. I would do an interview and be like, ah, I think I messed, messed it up here. Let me change things a little bit. And long story short, at the end, I was able to get an offer. That's how I ended up in Cisco uh, for my first product manager offer. But at the moment, I realized that a lot of my classmates from, from my class and one year below me, they started reaching out to me while I was still in school in my second year, asking, hey, how do you do it? Can you help me? Can you teach me? And I realized that everybody was facing the same problem. So at that time, again, 2016, 2017, I was really not doing much publicly, but I was still helping uh, friends and, and especially classmates and people who reach out. In the, in the middle of 2020, in the pandemic, when I was in Seattle, Seattle was one of the first cities that completely closed down. There was absolutely nothing to do outside. Even doing grocery shopping was like, you need to wait for a time and then you go. It was, it was definitely really boring, I would say. There was a post that I saw, and the post was about from a group of um, PMs from Google saying, hey, a lot of our peers in product management, they're losing their jobs because of COVID. I couldn't imagine any other thing that I could do to help people during COVID times. So I said, let me let me do that. I, I can help. I can you know review resumes or do a mock interview, and I ended up doing that. And at the end of that, um, of that project, it was just for, for about a month, at the end of that project, um, they asked me to do a presentation for a group of students. That group of students turned out to be the founders of a community called Product Buds. And they all reached out to me after that last presentation for coffee chats. And I was like, guys, this is awesome, but I can't have 25 coffee chats answering the same question because I am working. And I, as much as I would love to do that, like this is not a job for me. So I told them, I put them in a group and I said, guys, let me do one thing for you. Let me record a video because it seems like all of you want to know more about product management. So let me record a video for you. And if you like it, then I will, you know, record a second video if, if you want me to do that. And that's what I did. And I uploaded it to YouTube. I sent it to them and I said, hey, let me know what you think. And the support was just amazing from day one. They asked me questions. Yes, the first video took me more than a month to record and be comfortable and editing. I didn't know how to edit. So I went into YouTube to learn how to edit. I don't even watch my first video anymore because I'm like, oh my God, it's so bad. It's so bad. The editing so bad, like so many mistakes, but it's still there. And, and so long story short, after that, they asked me another question and another question. And I realized that there was something here. That was my aha moment. But here's the funny thing. I started uploading to YouTube. I felt more comfortable. And then I said, you know what? I need to tell people that I uploaded a new video so you can go and check it out. So I started writing on LinkedIn. Hey, check out my new video. People will ask me questions on LinkedIn. So I would post things on LinkedIn. And then that suddenly started growing super fast all the way to almost 50,000 followers that I have today. And I was like, okay, I think people like how I write. So let me try something else. 
I tried Instagram, I tried TikTok, I tried Twitter, and then I ended up discarding a bunch of those things. And I just stuck with um, uh, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And I just keep growing things because there's a lot of content that I believe should be free. There's other content that should be paid. So I'm trying to help for those that are students, for those that don't have the money to pay for hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars that cost the different uh, programs and trying to create content for them that will be a different format, a different um, you know level of going in depth. And that's really what I'm doing. I've always helped people, but these past two years, I've just been doing it in public. I love your story. So... By the way, um, you, your videos must be doing really well. I don't know if you know this, but they're now ads in between your videos. So they must be doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so here's, a, here's, another, here's another thing about the, the, the ads and my videos. For two years, so, so as you know, everybody may know, you can monetize YouTube, right? Um, and and to, get mon- to get your monetization, you need to pass certain thresholds that I passed them about a year and a half ago. But I could never monetize because as an international student, my visa wouldn't allow me to monetize those things. So uh, finally, I'm able to do so. Uh, and so it's been monetizing for the past couple of months. And at least that helps me to pay for uh, things that I already pay for in my equipment uh, or microphones and things like that. So I love, been a wild journey. I love it. I want you to know I listen to the ads. I don't skip past them because you're my friend. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, I love, I love the ads. Okay. So in 2020, I kind of feel like with the pandemic, uh, I discovered Felix in 2020. I discovered you later on um, because in 2020, like I said, I was, doing, I was I finished my MBA by fall. And then I was looking, I was going, well, what do I do now? Right? <laughs> like, what's, so what now? So then I was looking for other PMs online, and then I kind of started to notice you and you know, and a bunch of other folks uh, that we know. But anyway, and by the way, that's when I started writing my my own blogs. Um, I like to say that you and Felix focus on um, hard skills, where Felix and I focus on soft skills, and all four of us kind of balance each other out. So, <laughs> so for folks listening to this podcast, I will explain who Felix and Felix is later on. Anyway, and, and um, by the way, Felix and I started almost at the same time. He's a great, a great friend. Oh, wow. um, yeah. Hi, Felix. And then I, 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 I met, <laughs> I met Felix. Uh, later on, uh, and it's just been an incredible journey. Like we, we seem apart as different content creators, but right. we we have our own, you know, private Slack channel. We talk with each other, so uh, it's oh, awesome. You guys, it's part of the community. It's it's yeah, a great thing. You guys are doing some amazing work. I love to go to his clubhouse. I love to look at the stuff you're doing. So amazing work, and I just love how you guys are. How everybody's impacting the next generation of product leaders, right? And trying to help them get to that place that they want to be, and not give up on their dreams of product management. That's the most important thing. All right. So thank you so much. This has been awesome. So before we end our podcast today, there are two questions uh, I need to ask you. One is for aspiring product managers out there, what is your advice to them on how to get started in product management, especially for people of color? I get a lot of feedback that it's, it feels like it's a black box and no, and they don't know how to break into it. What would be your advice to them? Yeah, two things. One is one of the great things uh, compared to my experience when I started to break into product management is that now there is an overflow of, of content creators, videos, podcasts, um, news, articles, whatever you want about product management, which is awesome, but also causes paralysis because of so many choices. 
my recommendation is, listen, we all talk about very similar things. It's not that I have the magic formula for X or that somebody else has the secret recipe for you know XYZ company. Pick the ones that you like and stick with them and go deep into their content because that's going to help you get started. And when I say get started is I go back to one of the things that I was, that I was uh, talking about, which you also commented on, which is have a great story for tell me about yourself. And again, tell me about yourself and why product management started there. And that is going to take you into a journey of read as much as you can, talk to PMs in the industry, start by really understanding what is product management, how does your skills transfer into product management, and really go deeper into if you don't have certain skills, what are you going to do to gain those skills? Are you going to start a side project? Are you going to start a side business? Are you going to take more responsibilities at work? Are you going to volunteer with a nonprofit? Are you going to do something at school? Think of how you're going to gain those skills. Be very selective of what things you take on that are going to cover those things in your resume. The resume goes at the end. Right now, blasting keywords into your resume is not going to do much unless you already have the skills. And if you don't, work on those skills first and then go for there. Now, to the, the second thing that I want to talk about. So uh, speaking about Felix, Felix and I, we um, are... Um, part of the of, of a group, the IPMA, the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator Program. And we're part of a steering committee where we want to help people like us, people of color, Latinas, women, people from underrepresented minorities to break into product management. And what we do there is we basically help accelerate uh, a journey into product management by giving you free content, access to mentors, access to people to do mock interviews. But here's here's the thing, right? You would think that you, you have to go through a program like this, which is awesome, but we can't help thousands of people at the same time. So we have to be very selective on, on who can we help uh, and where can we have the most impact for every cohort. But here's the great news. There are so many communities out there, Black product managers, there's product buds, there's so many people out there that you just need to raise your hand and say, I need help. And one of the things that I love the most about product management community is that so many people are willing to help. I create content, I create articles, I create videos, and that's how I helped. But that doesn't mean that I'm the only one who's helping. Literally raise your hand, go to Twitter, go to LinkedIn, and simply start engaging with us and say, I need help. And you're going to see so many people jumping into helping you. Do not be afraid of asking for help. Product management is not; it should not be this black box. That's what content creators like myself, like Felix, like Felix, we're trying to demystify. We're trying to say, it's not about a black box. It's about understanding your fundamentals, raising your hand and asking for help. Perfect. Thank you. So what do you do for fun when you're not, you know, taking over the world like Phyllis, Felix and myself? Um, <laughs> I watch mindless television on the background, mostly comedy. What do you do? I love science fiction. I love video games and I love board games. It's one of the things that if you didn't see me creating content, if you didn't see me working at my job, you're going to probably catch me on, um, you know, my PlayStation or Xbox or, or Nintendo Switch or computer or watching a, a sci-fi show like Halo or like The Foundation, or you're going to see me in the movies or playing just, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and other stuff with friends. I absolutely love games. It's one of my favorite things uh, to do in the world. It, somebody asked me if, if I had the perfect 
choice of a job. It would be, let me do these things. Let me play video games and playing board games and going to the movies and pay me for that. I would absolutely love to do it. Oh, my God. Thank you, Diego, for joining Product Magic today. Um, it is a, such a pleasure. I'm such a big fan of yours. So thank you so much for taking the time. No, on the contrary. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I love your podcast. So thank you for, for having me here. Thank you.